Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Everybody in studios got a little spring in their step. <laughs> a little head bobbage. Lots of head bobbing going on. James, why doth thou head bob such? It's a great day for the Matt Townsend Show. That's why. It really is. You guys got a lot of spring today. It's a good, it's a nice, clear summer day. Everybody's a little bit happier. It's warm. Today's warm. Yeah. If you listened yesterday, we learned how to take criticism, give criticism. Yes, we did. And because of that, we also today are going to learn forgiveness. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, ties, there's ties a direct correlation because yesterday you uh, unintentionally... Um, I didn't mean it. Yeah. Michael, he likes to go by Miguel. Miguel Pond uh, made a comment that uh, I have a better radio face than a television face, which... Some yesterday, some were thinking that was rude, right? I, you may have been the only one. I just meant it as you no. know, yeah, a hey, career, hey, 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 career hey, advice. Hey, 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 we've been over this. I, I, I already forgive you. Thank you. I, I, I forgive myself. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure that's how that works. I don't know that. I'll, you, I'll have to listen to it again on, yeah. on BYUradio.org. You weren't trying to be critical. You were just trying to give feedback, very, some would say rude feedback, that I, my looks are better for radio. And whatever, because I'm not offended by it. What I do, I, I have forgiven you. So today on the show, I'm going to model forgiveness. That's Let great. I'm forgiving it. I'm giving it before you deserved it. You know, and I think that's something that people need to learn how to do. We mm-hmm. need forgiveness is hard. We yeah. need to learn how to forgive each other. We need to learn how to let it go. Let it go. <sighs> Never gets old. It's my favorite button. That is my favorite button. When I play button button, who's got the button? That's the button that I the the let it go button is the let button. So forgiveness is the topic today. Now, have, have you ever, any of you, because Michael, you, you, Michael doesn't have this problem, but have any of you ever had to, like, really, have you ever been so offended by somebody that you just wanted to just, you know, pummel them, but instead you just forgive them? Have you done that? You know what? I don't think it's been quite like that. Uh, You've never felt that? Well, no, I felt really offended or yeah. hurt but i it's hard to just forgive yeah you know we it, it kind of seems like it's a process we have to work through uh-huh i think you're right our our, our guest today dr alex lickerman is going to teach us how to truly forgive because we i'm not i don't know how to do, i mean i do it i did it i've done it but i'm not great at it it's hard it's hard did that person that you um hit with the javelin forgive you you know uh i'm still waiting for a so probably I forgive you note, but uh, we'll see. Well, maybe they can't write anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be rude, but you know, it was a javelin. <laughs> right? Oh gosh. Um, so today we're going to talk forgiveness. We're we're going to also we we send out. It says here two of our uh, two of the wonderful show studs. Out into the world. I didn't write that, by the way. I don't know who wrote it, but, but it is official. Obviously, it's. Um, Somebody that isn't a very good writer. Oh, Sean. There was coaching along 
with that. I'm, you know, Mike was looking over the shoulder as the writing was taking place. Who who is doing the? Oh, oh were you doing the writing? Aaron. Aaron. Aaron was doing the writing. Um, uh, pioneer of stud muffins, Mike Pond, <laughs> along with uh, the PhD of passion, Doctor James Birdsall. Yep. Yeah, that's us. They, <laughs> Doctor James Birdsall. By, by the way, Doctor spelled with a K. D O K T R E. Doctor of Passion. Is that just like crab with a K? Uh-huh, exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Um, the, you two went out, the Dynamo duo, Dynamite duo, went out and asked the people on the street. You just put a microphone in front of their face and you asked what? Yeah, we, we wanted to know what people thought the key to forgiveness was. What was the hardest things that they had to forgive? And, 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 uh, and what's the key? Yeah, what does forgiveness mean in their life? Well, and we went, we went to the local mall here and we asked around. Let's see what they said. What do you think the key to forgiveness is? I think the key to forgiveness, in my opinion, is understanding the atonement. Forgiving other people so you can feel good yourself about it, so you can relieve that. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I guess the key to forgiveness is just being able to look past things that people have done to you. So uh, just like making, getting over it yourself first is the key to forgiveness. Like people can do really bad things to you, but as long as you can, you know, get over it yourself, then forgiving yourself, I guess, is the hardest part. Like putting yourself in situations where you can be hurt by other people. Sometimes you feel like they betrayed you or whatever, but just really trying to move past that and just looking inward first. So I don't know. Love? Uh, learning what you need to be forgiven for. It's understanding the principles of happiness and then uh, knowing that you have violated those principles in the past and, and are now able to overcome it and become a new person. The key to forgiveness is humility because uh, without humility and asking Heavenly Father also to um, provide you with greater humility and also provide you for those things which, which you need to be forgiven for and for those things for which you need to forgive. If it doesn't get too personal, what's the hardest thing that you've ever had to forgive? In my own life, certain things have happened um, where uh, uh, unsuspected things that had happened, things that I didn't know would happen, um, that I didn't expect from someone. And uh, it was pretty hard to forgive for a long time. But when I really came to forgive that person, it kind of lifted a lot of uh, weight off my own shoulders, and I realized that I was just hurting myself by holding on to it. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of something that you want to you wanna hold on to. You feel like you have something by holding on to it. But uh, really, when I ended up forgiving that person in the end, I just felt better. It just made everybody else happier, too. Um, probably my ex-fiance for not doing nice things and being able to, like, still be friends with him, so... Probably somebody sticking a gun in my face during my mission. That was kind of rough. What role has forgiveness played in your lives? Well, it's made uh, progress uh, possible. It helped me grow and develop and, and uh, change and progress and all that sort of thing. Without uh, forgiveness, either from other people or yourself, forgiving other people and forgiving yourself, you need to learn to forgive yourself also. Uh, it is a way to uh, open the door for progress. I don't know. I think forgiveness is mostly for ourselves anyway, just so people can move on. Wow. That yeah, was a lot of, I mean, a lot of people immediately invoking God. So there seems right. to be a very kind of spiritual side of forgiveness. 
Yeah. A lot of them got very open. Do they do that a lot when you put a microphone in front of them? Yeah. Yeah. One or, one of two reactions. One, they walk away like, no, 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 Leave no, no. Leave me no. alone. Yeah. Or they open up. Really? Yeah. Uh, and then there's the guy that I think hasn't gotten over the gun being pulled on him. Yeah. Well, who could, right? That's Yeah. That seems like a pretty traumatic experience. Huh. It's it's. The other thing that was kind of really interesting was the girl who said that she was still friends with her ex-fiance. Oh, the one that the one that had done some pretty bad things to, to her. her. Yeah. yeah. Like, if there's wow. any for, that's pretty that is, crazy that is forgiveness. forgiveness. Yeah. Well, and then you hear over and over this repeated thought that it's – you have to forgive yourself. I mean, there's this self-component. I guess that's why we hang on to it because we ourselves haven't gotten over it. Right. Whatever. But – I thought that was really interesting. And then interesting. there's the forgiving of self. I, that might be the hardest person to forgive, right? I hear that a lot with clients that, you know, their spouse has forgiven them, their kids have forgiven them for something they've done, but they can't get over it themselves. Hmm. Man, good job on the street. You really, when you think about it, have a very easy job. <laughs> well. I mean, forgive me. I get rejected a lot, Matt. Do you? Yeah. At work and, and off work. and well, uh, But so, Okay. Getting people to talk about these things that are important to them is – it only seems easy because we're so good at it. Right. Um, OK. <laughs> that was just like – it sounds like you're, you're trying to, I don't know, make it sound like your job's hard. <laughs> well, you know, there's a reason why it's required for me to have a doctorate to have this job. Doctor with a K. Exactly. I mean be clear about that. Doc- you ought to just pronounce it like doc. Doctorate. Turret. Yeah. Doctorate. We, we want to hear from people that are listening right now. If you're listening, we want to know what, what forgiveness uh, means to you. If you have a Twitter, tweet at us at, at BYU Radio. And what tell is us. a Twitter? A Twitter, it's a social media. I once media. had a Twitter. You still do. Oh, I have, a, I have a Twitter account. You have two, don't you? I, I, I probably do. <laughs> I don't remember them. But so if if they are if they are one who has a Twitter account, right? If you're not, we'd like you to call in. Call in one eight five five chat BYU one eight five five chat BYU. We want to hear from you. Forgiveness. What are your questions about it? We have an awesome guest coming up. Doctor Alex Lickerman will be joining us. Um, he is uh, an author of the book The Undefeated Mind on the Science of Constructing an, an Indestructible Self. Also, he is a professor of medicine, and a Buddhist. And he's going to teach us the power of uh, letting it go, the power of... (laughs) I didn't even want that to happen, but now it's so automatic. And here's a quote for you as we wrap it up. Unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness, serving time for someone else's crime. We've got to figure out a way to forgive. We're going to take a break. We're coming right back with Alex Lickerman up next. He's going to teach us the spirit of forgiveness, some of the tools, the skills to to truly forgive. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Today we're taking on uh, a subject, the subject of forgiveness, that topic. I truly believe if you live long enough, you are going to have a lot of things to forgive people for doing. I mean, they're, they're constantly, just if you listen to the news, story after story after story, moment after moment. I mean, even this week, um, Carl, what's his name, accused Senator Clinton of having brain damage. Carl Rove. Carl Rove. I mean— that's that's Secretary of State Clinton. Yes, I got to get all the titles right. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't do political. She was radio. a senator, and then she was made Secretary. Oh, of that's State. right. Now she's Secretary of State. No, she's not now. Well, no, she was, but now yeah. she, that's her new title. And apparently, you know, now she's being accused of having brain damage, which he may not have really said. But honestly, honestly, this can go way political, and everyone's going to leverage it. It will go political, and yet here's the irony: let's just forgive. Can't we just forgive? In the words of Rodney King, yeah. can't we all just get along? Can't we all just get along? Forgiveness, it's so hard, and yet we all need it. We need it in our families, in our marriages. So as you're listening to the show today, don't just listen to be entertained. Really, because that you know that might be hard to come by, entertainment today, um, on any time on my show, sadly. But here's what I do want you to do. I want you to be thinking, where do you need to forgive? Where do you personally need to drop it and move on and find uh, some peace in forgiveness. Because today and with our next guest, I think there's a chance you'll be able to let it go. That's it three times in about 15 minutes. I'm trying not to use the word. Okay. Our guest today, Alex Lickerman is his name. Really, we found out about Alex. He's a he's a medical doctor, an MD, a physician, former assistant professor of medicine, and the director of primary care and current assistant vice president for student health and counseling services at the University of Chicago. We found out about Alex in an article that he wrote for Psychology Today called Happiness in This World. He also wrote an article titled Forgiveness. And to me, it was fascinating. We wanted to figure out... How we start creating the tools to forgive, and by the way, very much correlation, a very strong correlation between forgiveness, right, and happiness in this world. Alex Lickerman is his name. He is an international, internationally renowned academic medical um, center. He works, sorry, at, uh, as a physician treating the sickest of the sick in one of the most compassionate manners possible. Um, at uh, in the neighborhoods, the people that are from the poorest neighborhoods in Chicago go to his medical center. And um, there, along with some of his religious beliefs and Buddhism, along with just being a physician and an incredibly great guy, uh, he put together a book called The Undefeated Mind on the Science of Constructing an Indestructible Self, which he published in 2012. Today, he's, he, he's here to teach us how to forgive. Alex Lickerman, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for having me. So good to have you, really. Um, and the article, again, and your points on the article are, are so empowering to me um, as to why we have a hard time forgiving. Maybe let's just start, though. Like, what's the big deal? Why do people have such a hard time forgiving? I think the main reason is they're still angry. Uh, you know, when people do uh, have a perceived insult uh, that is committed against them, it makes people angry. And anger is extremely empowering. 
and uh, difficult to let go of for a lot of different reasons. And I think in order to forgive somebody, you have to find some way to let go of your anger. I think that's one of the most difficult things. Yeah, it's it's interesting. That anger, and, and it, it's so kind of a base man, isn't it? It's such a basic part of who, who we are, and it maybe it's almost like our bodies don't want to let go of the anger for fear of being taken advantage of or hurt. So we hang on to it, but not knowing that the anger is really going to turn to poison. Yeah, I think anger... Uh, occurs for more than one reason. You know, um, anger, for example, at injustice. And people are often angry at people uh, who they don't want to forgive because they've really committed an injustice, and that's righteous anger. Uh, That comes from a different place than anger, say, that is uh, you're feeling because you feel out of control. Right. That's a way to make yourself feel powerful and get back into control. Yeah, that righteous. and, And we know we're right. We We know that they were offensive. We know what they did hurt us. And we almost want to hold on to that sense of justice, don't we? Yeah. Well, I think, actually, my own view is that that type of anger uh, can be very positive. And sure. It often, it, it motivates people to take action to fight injustice. You know, if you didn't care, if you didn't, if you didn't get angry about it, you just said, oh, well, they did that terrible thing, maybe not even to you, someone else. Yeah. And it didn't make you angry. Uh, people would not uh, necessarily rise up to right a wrong. And so I don't think anger is... It always anger no. often gets a really bad rap. Yeah, it does. They deserve well, and especially if it's if it's if it's driving us, promoting us to to do more what's right. I mean, like to fight back on injustice. It it, it is a motivator. So anger could be a motivator. Um, I, I guess so. Then there's healthier anger and there's less healthy anger. Um, talk a little bit more about forgiveness and why it's so hard. What else gets in the way? Well, I think a number of things, you know, not just being reluctant to let go of our anger, but um, we also want to be, to satisfy our sense of justice, that when somebody has injured us or offended us in some way uh, and hasn't apologized, for example, or uh, seems as if they're going to get away with whatever they did, withholding our forgiveness in some sense may make us feel like we're balancing the scales and may help us to preserve our hmm. sense of justice. It's true, huh? Like, yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to met out the justice here. Yeah, even if it's just in your own in mind, you just don't forgive them. That's a way of punishing them. And so, uh, you know, we we often we all seem to have this very strong uh, sense of justice that when someone commits an injustice, we want them punished in some way. And if the only way in which that can happen is for us simply not to forgive them, that ends up becoming uh, the way we punish them. Huh. And I think also, you know, we part partly behind that, not just to balance the scales, we also want to hurt people who hurt us. It's a very human and natural thing. And it's very viscerally satisfying, and so sometimes, you know, not forgiving them uh, enables us to, to feel like we are harming them in some way, especially if it's someone, you know, uh, not a stranger, but someone close, close to us. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, you know, um, finally, uh, we, when someone commits, um, you know, an act against us that is harmful in some way, we tend to abstract them uh, into uh, a person who simply... They, they, the entirety of their person becomes defined by that act. Sure. And the idea that we could imagine that they have a full dimension of a life behind that act, that they, they have their own concerns, their own cares, their own fears, we sort of lose sight of that. We sort of we abstract them into just this person who did this thing to me, and that is the full extent of how we think about them. Yeah, and then we, and, we, we make it like I had a, a client recently that made her partner a monster. Yeah. And that that was even the language she used, and, yeah. and his everything was intentional and... He was angry and evil and right, horrible, right. and it's just and an abstraction. Think, yeah, and in fact, I think part of that is because of this principle of cognitive dissonance, that when we feel a certain way about somebody, whether for a good reason or a bad reason, we begin to rationalize why it's right that we feel that way. 
Mm-hmm. So if this person has done this terrible thing to us and we're horribly, horribly angry at them and hurt by them, in order for us to feel in some sense psychologically justified by, by you know, to feel these terrible feelings, uh, you know, against somebody who maybe we feel previously felt very close to, um, we have to sort of explain it to ourselves. Yeah. And why do we feel so angry? Why won't we forgive them? Well, because what they did is unforgivable. They're an evil, evil person for having hurt us this way. And it's very, uh, usually it's an unconscious thing, but we sort of turn them, we, we flatten out their dimension as a human being and sort of refuse to believe that, that they could do almost anything good. Uh-huh. And I guess, too, that justifies why I'm becoming less of a human by hating them, by demeaning them, by, I mean, right. it, it validates my yeah. own lack of integrity yeah. on this issue. And, and even any retribution you might be tempted to take suddenly becomes righteous and appropriate. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. not, you know... Uh, you're not the bad person. They are. Therefore, they deserve, you know, you deserve justice sure. to punish them. I call that logical force. So it's like it, it, we do it because it's logical. It, it may be against our values, but right. it's logical. And so right. let's just go with the logic, right? not the value system. And, and it's also weird about this is it's one thing, you know, if somebody in, communi- in the community harms me in a tragic accident and they were driving under the influence um, – the hard part about it is me being angry and trying to like satisfy justice by just hating this person and continually telling my story that may not get to somebody five, you know, five uh, separations from me away. But if, if I do this with my wife, I can I can make her suffer every day for it. Yes. But somebody that is just somebody that hit my car, I might not ever see again, but yeah. we can still hold the the anger and the lack of forgiveness. Yeah, uh, it is satisfying to be angry at people who hurt us, and it is satisfying to paint them in a picture, uh, paint them as a terrible monster, and, um, you know, it's, it's a way that we, you know, anger, to let go of anger in some sense needs to be discharged in a way that feels satisfying. Sure. And so if you especially don't have the opportunity to interact with that person and sort of resolve it in some way, yeah, uh, the act of continuing to be angry at them and to imagine them as this terrible person in a sense is a way of discharging it, a way of managing that anger. Uh, it's not. You can't just turn it off. It's not that simple. Right. So um, discharge yeah. is a great word, isn't it? It's like you have to fire the energy out of you. It's got. You've got to get the energy out. Yeah. It dem- anger demands satisfaction. Uh. You know, so and and sometimes it's simple as the person says, "I am so sorry that I did that," and you see that they genuinely regret it. There's something about that that it's the intentionality. Yeah. People harm us intentionally, fascinatingly, interestingly. It, yeah. Uh, when the studies have shown when, when we experience physical pain that was inflicted intentionally, it actually hurts more than when it was inflicted accidentally, when we perceive that. Yeah, when we perceive it's intentional, and which is interesting because the perception is still up to us, right? Yes. So whether yes. it was perceived or not, if we perceived it, I mean, whether it was intentional or not, if we perceive it as intentional, we hurt more. Absolutely. And so yeah. when we think someone has intentionally tried to hurt us, what we're angry about is the intent, yeah. not the actual damage. Not the hurt. Yeah. Oh, it's pernicious. Yeah. This is, it's, uh, it's such a, it's just such a subtle thing, isn't it? it? And yet we can't, I think of somebody who, who was, had some offense taken against them and they're, they're, the person that hurt them was arrested and then they get to go to court and they watch the court hearings and then eventually they're convicted but it seems like to me, even though you're convicted and real justice is being served, it still doesn't discharge necessarily the feeling. No, interestingly, when you when you talk to people, um, not everybody, but when you talk to people who go through something like that, most of them over a long period of time, they just end up feeling sort of empty. 
Yeah. You know, the, it really it feels satisfying at first to know that someone will be punished. It does satisfy our a certain sense of justice, uh, an eye for an eye sense of justice that many of us have. I need to balance the scales. But if you if you don't actively work to forgive the person, and in my mind that means sort of truly letting go of the anger and the sense of justice, then you really will continue to suffer, um, even though that person may have been punished. You know, I think you're. Um... That, we need your help. We need you to teach us. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back more with Dr. Alex Lickerman. When we come back, I, I, we're just going to flat out ask him what it means to forgive. How do we discharge this? And uh, we're going to let him teach us how we forgive. Um, again, go to his website, alexlickerman.com. Alex Lickerman, L-I-C-K-E-R-M-A-N. Alexlickerman.com. More from Dr. Lickerman right after this. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. To the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about forgiveness and how to release the anger, release the emotion. You've been hurt. You've been offended. Somebody has intentionally or unintentionally hurt you and you just have not been able to get it out of your system. You thought of everything from revenge to just being hurt and moody and sad about it. Today we're talking about, by the way, very basic, normal feelings. If somebody has hurt you, you should have, you should be offended, right? Then there's a point where we probably need to learn to forgive and um, find a way to just, you know, find some peace around that, uh, around that problem. Alex Lickerman has, is joining us. Dr. Alex Lickerman's his name. If you go to his website, alexlickerman.com, he is um, really a physician, former assistant professor of medicine, and the director of primary care. He's currently the assistant vice president for student health and counseling services at the University of Chicago. And um, he's an author of the book, The Undefeated Mind, on science of constructing an indestructible self. He also is a blogger for Psychology Today and um, has written an article that we found simply titled Forgiveness. We've kind of gone through a lot of the points about anger and some of the reasons why we we uh, end up not wanting to forgive. But Dr. Lickerman, welcome back to the program, and thank you so much for helping us through this. Absolutely. The, the I mean, it seems like forgiveness is the a universal principle of... Um, of finding peace. At some point, you're going to be offended by people, right? Oh, absolutely. You can't get through life without people, in some sense, either intentionally or not intentionally hurting you. Yeah. And especially, too, I guess, when it comes down to the fact that you're the one that interprets the offense anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, I, sure. I, and at some point, you know, there's, there is the egregious offender, but a lot of times it's just people being human. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, talk about about forgiveness itself. So what would you say, and how do you—what does it mean to forgive? I think the first thing about forgiveness is that it's sort of like if you were to lose your spouse or your parent or even a child where you have this devastating loss, 
and someone were to say to you right away, you know, you should get over this. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, the, the timing of, of when you prepare yourself to forgive someone matters. The idea that right after somebody uh, harms you or offends you in some way that you should be able to instantly forgive them without sort of processing all the uh, other legitimate emotions that you just mentioned right. it really is, I think, demanding too much of ourselves. That's a great uh, point. It's, it's, you know, you, it's sort of like when you get bad news, you're, you're, before you get over it, you have to first be in shock. Yeah. Can I just go through that. shock for a minute? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, the idea, though, is that um, at some point, continuing to hold a grudge and to refuse to forgive somebody ends up harming you right. more than the person who's har- who, who has harmed you and therefore is not receiving your forgiveness. And I think, that for me, the first step is recognizing that um, by refusing to forgive somebody, I am in some way probably harming myself. Now, it dep- maybe not. You may not. You may really struggle to figure out how you're harming yourself by refusing to forgive someone, but if it's somebody, most of the people who harm us in life probably are people who we know already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And so we're allowing our lack of f- forgiveness to harm the relationship. And now it may be a relationship that, uh, you know, we, we don't want anymore because we're so harmed by this. On the other hand, it may have been a really good relationship beforehand, and the circumstances may be such that it's just not necessary for us to let that relationship go, or some part of us doesn't want to let that relationship yeah. go. I've seen that a lot in married couples when they divorce, you know, they they know they've been offended. They've kind of, like you were even saying, they, they've gone through and um, kind of, uh, what's the word, like abstracted. They, they made an abstract of their ex-partner as he's just the infidel that right. caused all this pain and ruined his children's life. Um, but it, they really, it's these people are more than this. They're yeah. not just... They're not just the act that hurt you. They're they're a, they're a bigger. They're a human, right? And and that's actually exactly what I uh, I think is the next step, which is to sort of begin to uh, dialogue with yourself about how you are abstracting that person into a a single act, and you are dismissing and refusing to acknowledge all the other good things that that person uh, may be, mm-hmm. and and that to recognize not only that they're a, a fully fledged human being with a full set of dimensions beyond what you're refusal to forgive them as painting them as in your own mind, that when you really start to ask yourself or approach the act itself, not sort of from a sense of indignance and being an offended, but curiosity, right? Why did that person do this? Mm. Um, and really try to separate yourself as the victim from what that person may have been thinking. But I, I firmly believe that we all really just want to be happy. Sure. And that when we offend somebody or injure them, it's really not because we are malevolent, evil people. That's kind of a child's view, I think, yeah. of, of, of people, that people are all good or all bad. We're, we're both. We have the capacity for both. Even the, the most saintly among us can be really uh, behave terribly. Yeah. And I, I think that when you, you think of it that way and you realize that when people offend us or hurt us in some sense, they're really just confused. And, and I recognize this takes a tremendous uh, sense of or degree of compassion and broad-minded thinking that many people may either uh, dismiss entirely or not be capable of. Mm-hmm. But to recognize that when people sort of intentionally harm someone else, for what, whatever their surface reason may appear to be, ultimately they do it because they think they need to, to be happy. Mm-hmm. And in thinking that, they're just really confused. In a sense, they're kind of like children. Like, yeah. you know, I thought I needed to uh, badmouth you uh, because I... I was with a group of people I wanted to impress. Well, that's really kind of just sad. It reminds me, it's the dog that feels compelled to have to bite the hand that feeds it because, you know, it was stepped on or it was, 
it, it's it's almost just reactive, isn't it? It's it's yeah. the most natural, almost chemical reaction would be to attack, right? Uh, even if it's not the the most healthy, right? Response. Right. And we all behave way in ways that we regret or that we don't have control over at the moment and, yeah. and would rather not have done. And, or even if we think we were justified, um, as the person who was harmed, I find that if I can discover within myself what I sort of think of as my larger self, my supremely loving and wise self, and look at that person as really just a confused person who's, who does not realize that what they're doing is not going to make them happier. They think it will, hmm. but it, it doesn't. That helps me to... That helps me to get to the first step where I can actually forgive them. And, and you ask me, you know, what do I mean by forgiveness? You know, I don't think to forgive necessarily means what they did was okay. Right, yeah, and right. I think a lot of people are reluctant to forgive because they think it means they're saying what you did was okay. Yeah, then there won't be justice, right, yeah. Yeah, it does not mean that at all. It just means you're no longer going to allow the way you think of them to be defined by this one harmful act that they committed against you. You're going to say... It's okay. I am moving on in my heart. That doesn't also mean, by the way, that you have to reconstitute the relationship the way it was. Right, it exactly. Be that, that act reveals this person as somebody who you just don't want to be associated with. That's fine. You bet. That's such a, um, you keep saying, it's a, big, it's a big thing. But it's also, it, it seems like a spiritual thing to kind of know, you, you said you go to your supreme and loving self. You find your larger self. I guess that would presuppose that we've gone there before, that we know our our higher self, we or we know the higher the, yeah. the the higher supreme and loving self we want to be. Well, yeah, and and I think actually, uh, not to make this, I, I think we can make the, this easier than it maybe sounds. Yeah. And so, for example, you know, um, we forgive children their transgressions because mm-hmm. we understand they don't they don't know any better. Yeah. And we may even be angry at them, but we ultimately say, well, you know, he was just six. Yeah. He doesn't know any better. Or we forgive dogs their transgressions, sure. their animals, because they don't know any better. And it's, it's not necessarily that you have to sort of grab hold of some, you know, uh, supremely spiritual and enlightened and loving self sure. that you may not be able to find. But just it's a matter of, of um, context and perspective. And to view, you know, we, we are tricked into thinking that the adults who we deal with are um, equally wise and, yeah. and, and behave you know, always esteemably. We know that's not true. Just because someone wears an adult form does not mean their thinking is that of an adult and, and is uh, sophisticated or compassionate as it should be. And uh, I try to not, not let myself be fooled and recognize that, that, you know, people have their own fears, their own anxieties, their own reactions that are not optimal. And I may have gotten in the way of somebody in a, in a way that, you know, caused them to harm me in some way. And um, it really comes down to my own thinking and my mindset, getting into a mindset of sort of understanding that people are imperfect and forgiving them their faults. And also what helps me, too, is when I really look at myself and, and ask myself, do I think I could never have done something like that? Sure. Or done, if not that, maybe some other yeah. terrible thing. Have I ever done anything near yeah. that? Yeah. But the, the, yeah. Then we're kind of, ah, no, I would never do that. Um, yeah. The... Uh, there's a great quote by Napoleon Bonaparte that says, uh, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by incompetence. Mm, that's great. Isn't that awesome? Because <laughs> we, go, we go malicious, right? We think it's malicious that they did it, but really they're probably just incompetent. Well, and, and honestly, they might be malicious, but yeah. if they're malicious, it's because of some, you know, yeah, they, they, maybe, they, yeah. they, they think they need to harm you in uh-huh. some sense to make themselves happy. And that's just, if you really boil it down to that formula, it really kind of becomes ridiculous. It, it, but it's still a choice. That's what's kind of interesting yeah. about the quote, too, is that he, he, he suggests you get to attribute it. 
So yeah, whether it's out of right. anger and maliciousness or just incompetency that they don't know how to manage their own reaction to the situation, right. whatever it is, That's it's still your choice. And there's so much power, because yep. it seems like a lot of people that are in a forgiveness dilemma, they, they, they lack the power, even though the power is inside of them to change these feelings. They, yeah. they almost don't think they have that power to do it. Well, and that's another important point. You don't actually have to change your feelings because I don't think we right. have that kind of control, yeah. right? You change your thinking, your yeah. attitude, your thoughts about it. And when you find yourself feeling vengeful and angry again, you can remind yourself and just actually even speak aloud or into your own head. Uh, you know, they're just incompetent. This, this is an incompetent person who made a really dumb choice yeah. and ended up harming me, but really because they're confused. Oh, it's such a great topic. We're talking again with Dr. Alex Lickerman, um, and he's teaching us about the power of forgiveness, the power, what it means to forgive. Again, so far, you know, remember, you don't have to just change the feelings. It's not about going to change something as hard as the feelings. It just might simply be changing your thoughts and seeing if you can't dig a little bit deeper in there and find maybe your larger self, maybe find that the part of you that might relate to being a human that makes mistakes. We're going to take a break. More with Dr. Alex Lickerman when we come back. Also, we'd love to have uh, your tweets. Give us a tweet at, at BYU Radio if you have any questions or comments about the show, or give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We're talking forgiveness. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're taking on one of the great tests of all humanity, the ability to forgive, the ability to forgive yourself, to forgive others, uh, maybe even just to change your thinking, which might, you know, eventually change your feelings about uh, having been offended, somebody that's hurt you, somebody that, whether intentional or unintentional, understanding you're, you're a player, you are an actor in your life. And so on the show today, we've asked Dr. Alex Lickerman to join us. He's the current assistant vice president for student health and counseling services at the University of Chicago. Uh, he also is the author of The Undefeated Mind on the Science of Constructing an Indestructible Self, which was published in 2012. And also he is a, a blogger for Psychology Today, which is where we found the article that he wrote titled Forgiveness. And you can find more about Alex and his great work um, on his website, alexlickerman.com, alexlickerman.com. Alex, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks. So good to have you um, teaching us and, and just learning together. It's it's fascinating. One of the things I wanted you to also kind of take us down the road a little bit uh, further on is how kind of the psychology or maybe honestly just some of your insights about how forgiving others really is about, it's a benefit to you. It's about you. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so selfish, but honestly. Yeah. No, well, it, I mean, it, so it, again, it depends on, I think, uh, how much your um, inability to forgive someone is, is uh, beating you up. I mean, it, it may be that uh, a friend uh, did something to you that you thought was just uh, unforgivable and you've ended the friendship and that's it and you never think about it again. Yeah. Uh, well, frankly, that's probably not doing you a whole lot of harm other than the fact that you lost that friendship, which is kind of a sad thing. Uh, but, you know, if we're talking about something more serious, like, you know, somebody who uh, did something that was life-changing to you, mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, maybe uh, extreme example, someone murdered somebody you love, some yeah. horrible thing like that, uh, and you are just consumed by um, your anger at that person and your, you know, your inability to forgive them uh, and ruminate about that so that those feelings sort of take over your daily life, then forgiving them is the only path you have to freeing yourself from uh, those feelings because they, they, can't, um, they can't do anything to free you. You know, and, yeah. and as I said, there, you, know, you talk to people who, in those extreme examples where someone, say, is incarcerated or even executed, and that does not free it's the person yeah. from their anger and their, and their loss. It doesn't do it. It's an active process. You have to decide you're going to free yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is even if it's not that extreme and it's just a mild thing, uh, you know, friendships end often so unnecessarily, often, you know, by mistake or because there was a communication problem, um, when I myself have confronted people uh, who have harmed me in some way and they sort of, you know, expressed that, half the time they don't even realize they've done it. Yeah, right. And they, and they apologize right away. And the other half the time they, they may be justified but, or feel justified, but a dialogue often can resolve that. And I've seen other people who simply just, you know, refuse to forgive or hurt, or hurt keep it to themselves and allow their friendship to or their relationship to uh, fall apart. And then... There's no explanation given, and it creates a lot of confusion and just unnecessary suffering in general. Oh. And then you feel bad about yourself. You feel like, you know, you could even then, the, 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 the actions and thoughts that come from your lack of willingness to forgive, yeah. uh, can you can begin to feel guilty about those. That's so true. Um, I don't know if you remember in the news years ago, I think it was like around 2004, there was a story about a woman named Lori Hacking, who, uh, whose son, or whose husband, ended up murdering her. And she had disappeared, and it, it made all the news. And um, it was she was from Salt Lake City, and he was a med student supposedly, but was really not in pre med classes. And the lie was eventually being found out, and he eventually killed her. Um, I was doing a show here locally where I talked about forgiveness, and I I just had callers call in, and um, the most beautiful call I think in all of radio took place when um, a woman named Thelma Suarez called who was Lori Hacking's mother, to talk about forgiveness. And I asked, I asked, okay, so how, how do you do this? And she, but her basic point was, she says, Matt, it's not just something you do. It's something you constantly have to do. She says, I wake up every morning having to re-forgive yeah. Mark Hacking. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, but she basically was teaching, it's a process. There's a process to to finding it, and I haven't talked, that was years ago. Um, I'm sure she's even further down that line um, now as we go. But it really is, there's a process to this that can set you free. But she also says, but it's, it's the only way she could be who she is. I think that's just a fantastic point that, you know, forgiving someone is not something you do once and then move on because, of course, anger re- reappears often. And, uh, you know, you go through your daily life and, and you can you take several steps back after having taken, you know, several steps forward. Yeah. Um, the good thing, though, is that we all sort of uh, psychologically operate on this principle of, of adaptation and habituation. So we get used to things. And so uh, the same stimulus that brings out strong emotions over time, it tends to bring those emotions out less strongly. So over time, uh, our anger uh, will fade if we, if we let it. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, the notion that you have to continue to readdress it. So when people get over a loss, you know, you don't just say one day get over the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. It comes in stages and, and you often regress and feel horribly sad uh, different periods and you have to continue to work at it. Um, I think the key to remember is that the forgiveness, that part, it's to benefit you. Right. 
it seems like the the victim in not forgiving, even if there is kind of a, it's a, even if it's seemingly a victimless crime, it's yeah. not because it's hurting you. And it seems what it might be hurting is just your personal love, your personal ability to love and to have compassion and to see maybe the good in the world and to see the good in others. It seems like that's where it's hurting us is in the life condition of compassion. Yeah, I think that's absolutely, I mean, that's a much more subtle point, but I think it's very real that even if you are not thinking about the injury done to you and, and, you know, focusing on the anger that it brings up in you, that anger doesn't, until you resolve it in some way, it, it remains, and it does color your perceptions of perhaps other people, or perhaps even of yourself. Yeah. And I think uh, um, even when it's a subtle effect to, the whole idea is to free yourself from often that anger, that sense of sort of injury and, and move on and sort of uh, complete, um, you know, your ability to walk away from whatever that, that was so you're free of it is, um, and often if you don't do that, you, you don't necessarily realize how constrained you are, but it, it rears its head Sure, anger often does when you're not expecting it. Teach us, um, I know that you you are a practitioner of of uh, the, the principles of Buddhism. Teach us what, because I know they get into uh, the concept of compassion as well. Uh, t- teach us about what you've learned there. You know, uh, in Buddhism, when adversity strikes, and in this case we're talking about uh, harm that's done to us, uh, the Buddhist view would be that is training for us. That is an opportunity for us to develop our wisdom, enlarge our compassion, and become happier. Uh, it's like a train. It's like it's an opportunity. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's, that uh, sounds that sounds real positive, but it, it's a yeah. training opportunity. It's a training. I mean, it really is. And uh, what you all, it can be if you view it that yeah, way. Yeah. Sure. If you say to yourself. Uh, because in fact, so you know, you're you have this uh, this harm that's done to you, and you refuse to forgive. Um, you're you're missing an opportunity to sort of enlarge your own life, your own sense of compassion. Uh, and because, by the way, practicing forgiveness, and it is a skill you can practice, um, becomes especially important when you want to turn forgiveness on yourself. Huh. I actually find more people have a harder time forgiving yeah. themselves no, than totally other agree. people. Yeah, and when they and when they have a hard time forgiving themselves, that's when they really start to suffer. Yeah, exactly. And so if you can learn to forgive other people, um, that's great practice for teaching yourself how to forgive yourself when that needs to be done. It might, yeah, it's the outside in approach. Maybe you you start with those that are easier because you know more about your junk, you and you even know more about your intentions. So you you know that yeah. you've intended to hurt them, and it's an it's it's such a more complex judgment, isn't it? Yes, it really is. You're on the inside of that judgment. Yes, and it's and and then it's often because you're on the and we tend to focus on the negative more than the positive uh, in general, not just about ourselves, about everything. And so it's hard uh, when you when you um, if you judge yourself, uh, and, and we often do this the same way we do with other people in a very black and white way. We can't sort of break through that, you know. And, and often then we begin to. Um, to criticize ourselves and begin to feel badly about ourselves, and that can lead to a cascade of just uh, misery and disaster. And there's interesting work being done. Uh, You know, for so long, self-esteem has been the watchword of mental health. Like, you know, you've got to work towards having a healthy self-esteem. And and in fact, um, what some research is now showing is that the skill we're all missing is not sort of... um, the important skill is not to be able to bolster one's self-esteem and feel good about oneself, mm-hmm. but to actually forgive oneself one's own mistakes. Maybe, yeah. So maybe that isn't that an interesting. The source is the ability maybe to flush. <laughs> like we, 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 you, you have to be able to forgive yourself in order to maintain or grow your esteem. But we, a lot of us, are getting backed up. We can't Absolutely. flush it down. Yeah, right. You know, we just we don't let ourselves off the hook ever. 
and so we feel badly about ourselves and we even start to punish ourselves and and we we will often forgive mistakes in others we will not forgive in ourselves mm. and uh, i have found that it, it kind of doesn't matter the more you practice forgiveness whether of others or yourself the better you get at it in both realms i love it i mean it really it seems like it seems like a no-brainer, and yet it is – don't you think it's got to be one of the hardest things we do as humans is to let our heart heal? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of visceral reactions that, that – um, a lot of angry and retributive sort of feelings about um, – that we sort of have to battle when we are harmed. And um, it, it definitely takes real work, but it is absolutely worth the work that it takes. Give us, we have about 30 seconds is all. Again, we're talking with Dr. Alex Lickerman. Um, go to his website, alexlickerman.com. Um, but Alex, teach us just what's the, what would you say is the one thing, the, a key thing to remember as we kind of wrap it up uh, to make sure that, that we are able to forgive and move on? I think uh, if I had to say one thing, I would say never forget that everyone at their core just wants to be happy and mm. that we're all in the same boat together, struggling to figure out how to live in this world, and we all make mistakes, and there's, there, there's almost no mistake uh, that can't be forgiven. So true. Beautiful. Well done, Alex. So, uh, so appreciate you and your insight. And you know what? I think the students at uh, University of Chicago are lucky to have you there. Well, that's nice of you to say it. I really appreciate the time uh, you bet. talking. And everybody else, go check out his book, um, The Undefeated Mind, on the science of constructing an indestructible self. Also, go look up his blog articles um, called Happiness in the World and another one titled Forgiveness. Powerful stuff. Again, Alex Lickerman. We're going to take a break. Forgiveness. You know, it's, it's, it's our opportunity for all of us. Interestingly, we've learned to have to increase our self-esteem. By being able to uh, let it go. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Hey, welcome to the program. Those of you just joining us, uh, those that are coming back, we have been talking about forgiveness for the last hour. We're going to continue the discussion. Forgiveness. One of, I believe, the hardest things humans are, 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 uh, are forced to deal with. Because, you know, we want to hang on to some of these things. We don't, as our great guest, uh, Alex Lickerman, taught us, it's a, it's, it becomes a, a great way to kind of dispel the energy, the anger, the emotion. Hard, though. Very hard. Well, I, you know, and I, and I hate to do this because I, I, I really don't like talking about myself a whole yeah. lot. But yeah. I find it, I find it and, and maybe it's just because I haven't had something very tragic happen Really in my life, but I don't. I don't. I can't hold a grudge. You can't. It is very hard for me to hold a grudge for a for a long period of time. That's a great blessing. I know. I, I consider that a very good, a very nice that, blessing. I mean, seriously, because I, I can't hold a grudge because I can't hold anything. I can't hold a thought very long. <laughs> so if I can't maybe hold, that's my problem. Maybe I don't is know. that what it is? But it's that. What a blessing that you don't have to keep stewing. 
Yeah, I don't. Um, you know, when I've had breakups with relationships yeah. and things, I didn't. You know, yeah, I was sad for a little while, but it didn't. You, you didn't know. have to keep driving by the house. You didn't have security no. called. Well, I mean, unlike James. Yeah. James, can you forgive pretty easily? I feel like uh, kind of as aforementioned on the show is I, I struggle with forgiving myself. Yeah. I, yeah. That's the number mm-hmm. one, huh? Yeah. The, I, I'm really hard on myself, you know, and so I feel like. You know, I'm, I may struggle, you know, sometimes forgiving others, but myself, that's another story. That is a different game. Yeah. And I think the key, too, is we think um, – I love this point that if you can learn to forgive others, which it might be easier, for, for example, with you, James, to forgive someone else than it is yourself, that might be the gateway to help you learn to forgive yourself. Yeah. Because the, the more you can do it with someone else. Um, I also am a big believer that uh, this isn't – this is this is something you're going to have to learn. Oh, definitely. One, you know, there just seems like there's these these essential principles that are going to have to be dealt with. I still, it's it's funny to me actually when I when I watch interaction between my kids, mm-hmm. that some of them are surprised when they are hurt by their siblings, <laughs> yeah, either physically or or you know emotionally, like, like that shouldn't, yeah, happen. like. You just did that? You have that they have that <laughs> totally. look on their face. Yeah, like no way. Yeah, but you know, they have that sense that wait a minute, I'm being harmed here. Uh-huh. Why why are you doing that? And so and and it's an and it's unusual an unusual feeling for them. It really is. And then there's this um I know people that still even though they know they're living with somebody that's done something to them a thousand or a million times, mm-hmm. they're still surprised. And, and so there's something about that. It's almost like they've categorized it. It's almost two different things. Like they can still be shocked that the person's such a jerk, and yet they want so badly that they're not the jerk that they'll just invite them back in and invite yeah. them back in and invite them back in. So there's something powerful about human beings who um, are able to forgive. So on the show today, we asked Maddie Richards to put together a little piece for us. Um, about some stories that you've seen in the media lately about people who are able to forgive after terrible, awful things have happened to them. And the piece, again, it's you're going to notice there's an incredible spirit of forgiveness to it. So you be thinking, what are the principles you're learning about forgiving, and, and what are the things that you respect about these stories that you're going to hear um, of, of one human being who's able to allow Peace to come in and forgiveness to flourish. In the hills of Pennsylvania, a devout group of Amish live separately from the rest of the world. They don't have automobiles, electricity, or modern machinery. Their food comes from their own farms, and the women knit and weave their clothing, which is modest and simple. A 32-year-old milk truck driver lived with his family in the Nickel Mines community. He wasn't Amish, but his pickup route took him to many Amish dairy farms. October 2006, he suddenly lost all reason and control. He blamed God for the death of his first child. He stormed into an Amish school without any provocation, released the boys and adults, and tied up the ten girls. He shot the girls, killing five and wounding five. He then took his own life. This shocking violence caused great anguish among the Amish, but no anger. There was hurt, but no hate. Their forgiveness was immediate. They began to reach out to the milkman suffering family. 
As his family gathered in his home the day after the shootings, an Amish neighbor came over, wrapped his arms around the father of the dead gunman, and said, We will forgive you. Amish leaders visited the milkman's wife and children to extend their sympathy, forgiveness, help, and love. About half of the mourners at the milkman's funeral were Amish. In turn, the Amish invited the milkman's family to attend the funerals of their girls who'd been killed. Peace settled the Amish as their faith sustained them during this crisis. One local resident summed up the aftermath of this tragedy, saying, We were all speaking the same language, and not just English, but a language of caring, a language of community, and a language of service. And yes, a language of forgiveness. The family of the milkman who killed the five girls released the following statement to the public. To our Amish friends, neighbors, and local community, our family wants each of you to know that we are overwhelmed by the forgiveness, grace, and mercy that you've extended to us. Your love for our family has helped to provide the healing we so desperately need. The prayers, flowers, cards, and gifts you've given have touched our hearts in a way no words can describe. Your compassion has reached beyond our family, beyond our community, and is changing our world, and for this we sincerely thank you. Three women disappeared separately between 2002 and 2004. They were 14, 16, and 20. They were rescued from a rundown house in Cleveland on May 6, 2013. One of the three women says she forgives the man who kidnapped and tortured her for nearly a decade. Michelle Knight says Ariel Castro, her captor, deserves forgiveness because she'd want to be forgiven if she did wrong, and that's the way of life. She said, he is a human being, and every human being needs to be loved, even if he did wrong. Two cars collided on a February night, and the impact spun around a Volkswagen and smashed it into a bridge support under the freeway. Chris Williams had worked as a hospital orderly, so he immediately could see his future. He saw his motionless daughter, Anna, and watched his pregnant wife, Michelle, give her last breath. Williams himself was in so much pain, it was a struggle to turn the key in the ignition. Then a thought rose to the surface. Whoever has done this to us, I can forgive them. I don't care what the circumstances were. I forgive them. A 17-year-old boy was found a few blocks from the scene. He was going too fast and had had too much vodka when he came down the hill straight for the Williams family car. He killed Williams' wife, two of his children, and severely injured a third child. Despite all of this loss, Williams held fast to his decision to forgive. Williams made headlines when he publicly forgave White, just six weeks after another grieving father publicly forgave the drunken man who killed his wife and two children in a Taylorsville intersection on Christmas Eve 2006. In March, another grieving parent stunned a courtroom full of onlookers when she forgave the man who had gunned down her son. In October, Ben Howard stood up to a latent courtroom and requested leniency for the driver who slammed into his van on Highway 89, killing his wife and two of his children, a request that made the judge and court bailiff cry. The fact that these acts of forgiveness surprise us remind us how difficult that act of forgiveness is. In a world where old grudges erupt daily in roadside bombs, to forgive may or may not be divine. It's not human nature, but it's something we should all strive to do. Well done, Maddie Richards. 
put that together with Aaron Evans, who uh, helped lay down the music, and wonderful job. Uh, again, wow, what a list, right? So the Amish, the three women kidnapped, kept against their will, abused, having children from the the uh, the the person holding them hostage, the Williams family, all of these accidents, the, the gun. I mean, it's it's if you just listen to the news long enough, it's not going away. It seems like if you're going to live on an earth with a bunch of human beings, you're going to probably be hurt by human beings. So uh, the purpose of the show is to give you some tools. Again, notice one thing like the Amish, what a great example, is to just, they went, they turned to their faith, which again is one of the goals of this radio show, is to recognize that there is a higher power that's leading this, and when all the people in the world are letting you down and you just can't seem to connect and no one seems to get it and everyone's doing it wrong, then maybe you just turn to your higher power, you turn to that that spiritual self and, and sense of who you are, or you turn to your God and in faith you just forgive. Here's, um, here's a great quote by Mahatma Gandhi. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong person. And so as you're listening to the show, are you thinking of somebody that uh, you, you probably need to to use your strength to forgive? Again, it doesn't mean you forget. You shouldn't forget. You need to keep your thinking. But you can forgive and uh, then let the peace take its path. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Sarah Gowans is going to be joining us. She is going to uh, be teaching us a little bit more about the mind-body-spirit connection and uh, maybe some possible tools to help us to um, understand and, and learn about forgiveness. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about forgiveness. Again, what subject could be more important than learning to forgive, especially yourself? Because, boy, and it comes up with every guest we've had so far, is you've, you, it's so easy to not forgive ourselves because we, we know all the data. We know all the dirt. We know how we think. We know our best self, our worst self. So we've decided to bring on another expert, a pro Sarah Gowans is her name. She is a graduate of Ricks College, which is now BYU-Idaho, with a degree in elementary education. She's also a certified foot zoonologist, which uh, means, you know, she gets in on the foot. and Because I have plantar fasciitis, which is really why we've called you in today. Oh, okay. So I'm going to take my shoe off right now. Um, (laughs) No, but you you help heal people, really, through that. I do. But that's not even why you're here today. You have studied extensively the mind-body connection, which is one of my—mind-body-spirit connection, one of my favorite topics on Earth. And you help do a lot of the work with Jenny Layton from the Happy Gal blog. Yeah. She's on all the time. I know. So the mere fact that she's letting you take her space— Says that, a lot about you, you. that tells you a lot about Jenny right well, there. Well, she told me you're the bomb <laughs> and that you you have some really interesting insight here. You live uh, with your husband in Kaysville and four daughters. You love running, cycling, yoga, hiking, 
and anything else that keeps your heart rate up. Yep, just keeps me going. Uh, my heart rate goes up with a bucket of chicken. <laughs> Matt, I know Jenny has talked to you about I know, she that. She tries to keep me skinny and healthy, but you know what? You, chicken is healthy. <laughs> it can be. It just depends on how you prepare it. I don't prepare it. I buy it in a bucket. Okay, that's another show, Matt. We'll talk about that. That actually just made my heart rate go up. <laughs> so here's the deal. The reason we want you to talk to us, Sarah, you're living, you've lived, and you probably still are living. <laughs> I am. A real-life right example of forgiveness that I think a lot of people in life might relate to. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to share the story? I do, yeah. Um, it's hard and it's sensitive, so we want to be very sensitive to it because you've forgiven somebody in your life, and you now have an incredibly strong relationship with that person, and yet you've moved on. Yeah, it's teach true. Us, it's teach true. us so, how to do this because there's a million people out there listening right now. Like, I don't know if there's actually a million, but there's hundreds. Um, if you just count our family, there's 200. <laughs> okay. Well, and add mine in. Yeah. So 220, more, so. 240. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what's the lesson? Talk, talk about your forgiving experience. My journey. Yeah. Well, so I was married really young. Um, I got married when I was 19 and just um, – had four kids pretty close together. So I have four daughters wow. and um, I was married and I thought was what a, what was a great relationship, Perfect. a great yeah. marriage yeah. for uh, almost 17 years. Really? Mm-hmm. And um, a few years ago, my husband came to me at the time, my husband at the time came and just said, you know what? I um, am not happy and I don't think I love you and I don't think you love me and um and I don't know that I want to be married to you anymore. So huh. that was kind of a shock Surprise. to me. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. So oh, um, thus began a pretty um, long and painful journey. Yeah. yeah. I bet. So, well, because then you're thinking, I bet I'm a loser. Yeah. Well, Did I. Did you go there? Did you think it was oh, about you? Matt, like you're broken. Well, remember how you talked uh, with Dr. Lickerman about yeah. self forgiveness? Uh-huh. Yeah, is that where you struggled? I learned. I've learned a lot about that over the last okay, few years. Yeah, that's it. That's every one of us. I did. I sat there and just thought, "Oh my heck, I'm a horrible wife. I, you know, I, I failed." You at can't this, even keep a I, marriage. Yeah. You can't keep a man happy. Yeah, and so uh, it was hard. Yeah. I went through a ton, but you know, there's a place for that. I think because I was also in a really humble place, uh-huh. which I was teachable. Yeah, yeah. So I learned a ton. That's good. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we, um, we tried to work things out some things it just just wasn't going to happen there sure. were some things that uh came up that just it it wasn't possible right for us to right. stay together so um i that was again a, a really hard thing to um come to grips with because i was raised that you you stick it out no matter sure. what and well god doesn't like divorce yeah and that, and then all of a sudden, here we go. I guess you're doing it. And yeah. And so I had to have a major paradigm shift sure. and realize that, you know what? My soul, my higher self that you were talking yeah. about with Dr. Lickerman is yeah. telling me that it's time to move forward. I knew that was the right thing That's for me beautiful. to do. But it was so hard to do because I was scared and I was – it was – yeah. So anyway. But you know how many people out there are listening, Sarah, are thinking, oh, that's me. That was me. Oh, That's yeah. me right now. That's me before it happened, before they find out stuff mm-hmm. about their marriage that's not working. Or, I mean, 
that could be a, that's a that's a lot of people that are relating. I promise. Yeah. So, um, and it's true. I've had so many people come up to me and talk to me about that. And I realized at the time when I was going through it, I thought I was alone. Yeah. And it, you know, I oh my gosh, look at all these people around me that have great marriages and they're going to church and I got it all together. <laughs> and then there's me, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's right. who's going through this all by myself. But um, I learned that that wasn't true as I started being more open with my story and what I was going through. Does everybody jump on like, oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Anyway. um, Yeah. So um, ended up, I went through a divorce, which is so much like a death. Uh I've um, read about that and talked about it. And it's, you go through all the different grieving processes of losing that dream or whatever. And I went through that. And um, there's some things that we can talk about in a minute that I, I learned through about going through that process. Yeah. But um and there's no like guidebook. No. Because it, it's so personal, right? You just had to kind of almost take every battle on one by yeah. one and figure out, okay. But you know what's awesome though, Matt, is there is a guidebook what and is it's it? the scriptures. Is that okay, is that it where is. you went? So and you that, went to for a higher me, power. That's, I I grew to love the Bible in a way that I had never seen it before. Interesting. It was so awesome. I mean it was one of the lowest points in my uh-huh. life and yet it was one of the highest points in my life. I felt like I was on this spiritual high with my spirit that's and awesome. myself and my God or uh-huh. you know Par- that to so, me that's the paradox because isn't it ironic that you're going through the gutter and yet you're seeing such high yeah. vistas? But it's like you talked about earlier that it depends on what you do with it. And you can translate this into so many. I mean, for me, it was a divorce. But for other people, you know, maybe it was um, that their child was murdered yeah. or, or, you and know, death, even yeah. um, just any kind of betrayal or hurt or whatever. Uh-huh. So it just depends on what you do with it. Right. We have the power to make that decision because right. what happened to us happens to us happens to us. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah. And it's customized, really. It's this was kind of this seems like it was the lesson and the journey Sarah needed. Oh, for sure. And so uh, no one needs to follow your journey exactly. But you you kind of just trusted that you were going to be taught along the way. Yeah. And there's a higher lesson in that. And that's what I learned through the journey is that I, you know, for a while I was just looking at me and this is happening to me. Mm-hmm. And But then as I got further away from it, I could see how it, it really translates into so much more. And what the main thing that I learned is um, just take it and turn it over to God and let him do with you what he will. Yeah. because. It's pretty dang amazing. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it's more amazing than you could have done, right? Oh, so much. And there's that's another thing, too, is I can look back now, and I wouldn't have said this a couple years ago. There was a time when I looked at that experience, and I doubted God. And oh, I sure. was, you know, going, does he really love me? Is well, he really there? What kind of God would do this? Yeah. And so that's I went powerful. through that. But now looking back, after I, I was guided through and stuck to, you know, what helped me get through— now I can look back and say, um, I appreciate this experience because it's made me who I am today yeah. and I wouldn't change it. But it's a, how many years did it take you to get there? Um, or how many months or weeks? or? I, I would say, well, it's still a process. Isn't it? It's, yeah. it that process and, doesn't and go away, does it? Again, you were talking yeah. about earlier with Dr. Lickerman. I mean, you guys knew what you were talking uh, well, about. You know, you and, we, and you weren't here. <laughs> so we were just but, winging it until um, you got here. But – um, just saying that it's a process every day and you have to get up and it's, there's new things that come up. So I'm still, there's still a long ways to go, but sure. it's been, I would say a couple years for me to but get. 
but you also had the kind of the immediate reaction. You kind of went from, oh, I'm a loser <laughs> to now this. But then to even moments still where you're like, oh, I wish that my kids didn't have to go through this yeah. right now because of that, because of this, because yeah. of that. But then you're still – then you feel the peace. Yeah, and there's an incredible amount of guilt that I went through too yeah. because having four daughters as a mother – my whole goal in life was to protect them and to give them yeah. the best opportunities. And I felt like I failed them by now having to be a divorced person and they have to live in a divorced situation. Sure. And, oh, and, and it may not have even been your fault. Well, well I mean, <laughs> it, it was shared. Everyone There's, shares the blame yeah, of that. Yeah, that's but what I was going to say is there's, you know, there's... Um, but, it's also, but it's also shared. Yeah. So it's not a decision just you made. Right. It's a decision two people made. It's yeah, a decision two absolutely. people co-created. But they didn't, and that's yeah. the thing, is that I, and then you I carry thought, that. you know, they, they shouldn't have to deal with this. Yeah. But they also grew a lot, too. Oh, no. And My so, parents are divorced, and I I think that's what made me be more of yeah. who I am. I know. I look at people like you, and I go, okay, there's hope for them to there's, still be awesome ooh, people. <laughs> okay, let's just be real, Sarah. I wouldn't hold me up for your daughters because <laughs> uh, I still like a bucket of chicken. Okay, well, you're a work in progress, man. That's so true. It's you like have the no rest of us. idea. <laughs> so we're going to take a break in about a minute. Um, what, as you just think over the last two years, what's, I guess, the key for you is so far has just been let go, let God. Yeah. Just give it to God. Yeah. Turn it over. Yep. You're not carrying it. And that was a big one for me because I um, previously, I feel like I'm better at this now, but I used to be a person who wanted to be in control of yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah, you'll take care of it. Sarah's and I think it. maybe that's why God gave me that experience sure. was so I could learn. He, I had something that was so out of my control that yeah. I had to give it to him. I love that. And so, Well, that's the way. That's There you go. Faith. Yeah. Grown. Whether you want it or not. <laughs> Done. Yep. Oh, Sarah. Okay. Yeah. Hang on with us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you're going to teach us what the points are. What What are the five ways that you found out to find forgiveness, find peace? So awesome. you're going to teach us? I'm excited. Man. Yeah. Okay. Sarah Gowan's in the house. You know, she works at the Happy Gal blog. Happygal.com. Go check it out. She works there. She runs the show, except for Jenny. Don't let Jenny hear that. Um, We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Joined by Sarah Gowans, who is uh, a great friend of uh, Jenny Layton's from the Happy Gal blog. But uh, Sarah's a blogger there as well. She, you know, she behind the scenes, she won't she won't tell anybody this on on air, but she she runs the show. Jenny's never going to let me come back. I know again that's okay. You know, Jen's that. not even here, <laughs> so if Jenny's not here, we can just talk about her. But you're also a foot zoonologist, and I just have to throw this out there: she's been working on my foot ever since we took a break. <laughs> Uh, and she had to glove up. You double gloved. And mask up. You what? What's with the mask? For the scent. You're working. I know. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it is. So, you said scent. That's beautiful. Because <laughs> James calls it odor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's a more accurate it's term. Just, I try to keep everything on a positive, Matt. I try, there's always a positive you spin. You are a positive. 
you, you really are positive. We need you around here. <laughs> That's why you're at the Happy Gal blog. I know. It's uh, well, Jenny has created the exact environment that I love, and Jenny that's why who? we. Oh gosh, Matt, you're going to be in trouble. Jenny Layton. Again, we love Jenny. She's amazing. But you know what? One thing about Jenny doesn't work with feet. Well, you do. That's why we balance each other out. And you may have solved my plantar fasciitis problem. I hope so. It's amazing. By the way, just for all of you out there in listener land, I didn't even take my shoe off and she solved it. <laughs> That's how good I am, Matt. You're way good. <laughs> now go back to your story. And let me just paraphrase. You were married, mm-hmm. four children, four daughters. Amazing daughters. Four amazing, phenomenal, beautiful gifts from God. Yep. Married to a man who got tired. Not tired. He just he wasn't feeling it anymore. Yeah. You guys eventually divorced. Mm-hmm. It threw your world upside down. It did. You felt horrible for a variety of reasons. You turned to scriptures, mm-hmm. the Bible, mm-hmm. and you also turned to God, and you let go, let God, let him have it, take it. Yeah. Before you were mad a little bit. I was. I was really mad and Which hurt I don't blame and you. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, why you? And what do your girls have to do with this? And now we're hurting the girls. Yeah. And you always vowed to protect the girls. I know. And that mom guilt that uh, we women do so Which well. we've been talking about a lot on the show. I know. And James has it, too. Um, <laughs> but a lot of – which is so weird. We don't call it mom guilt with him. <laughs> um, but talk about – so the keys. How do you – how did you find peace? What are the principles you learned? Okay, so there's five thing, things that I was thinking about that um, that were kind of the core things. Yeah. The first one um, that I think is so important is I and I think I learned this because of my personality, but I learned to just allow myself to be human. Yeah. Because I am like once I know something or have a direction, I'm going to go for it 120. percent Really? Yeah. You just go after it. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to be divorced, then I'm going to be the best divorced person that is out there. And I'm going to do this in (laughs) the most healthy way possible. And I am going to forgive right now today. Really? (laughs) That was what I thought. But And I learned that that couldn't work. And so, and the reason why is um, I... how and I tell my kids this all the time how you feel is how you feel and it's not right or wrong right. and I was feeling really hurt and betrayed and angry and whatever and I was trying to just get it out too fast and so I wasn't being real with what was yeah you had to process what mm-hmm. was yeah and it takes time especially when it's something that deep I yeah. mean I don't know unless you've been through it going through a divorce and I know there's other things too, but oh, I, sure. again, this is just my story, so it's what I can relate yeah. to. Um, it is. It hurts a lot deeper, I think, than people realize. I yeah. mean, it is. It damages your soul for a while. You can heal, but sure. you have to allow that process. Well, so, and some don't heal. Yeah, and they still remarry. Yeah, and then they don't heal again, and then they remarry. Yeah, we'll decide. Maybe you can let me know. If, oh, he's <laughs> if a catch. That. <laughs> she brought a new husband. Her new husband. I did. He's pretty dang awesome. Let's so just this- say, bada boom, bada boom. <laughs> So anyway, um, just allowing myself that process was something that I learned. And and what have you ever heard the phrase? I know you have, Matt. What that which you resist persists. Yes. Well, it was growing for a while mm-hmm. because I was denying and stuffing these feelings and yeah. those emotions and trying to act like everything was fine and that I was okay to be around. Fine. Yeah, it's no big my deal. My former husband yeah. when those emotions were so raw. Oh, yeah. 
And so, like yeah. You, you still have to go to Little League soccer or whatever. Absolutely. And, we have hi. four girls together. Yeah. And so when you get divorced, you still have to co-parent together. That's right. And, and so I, you know, I had to learn how to still continue to be in a relationship with him That's cool. as a co-parent. And so um, that was one thing that I just... I would do a little bit better if I went back. Would oh, sure. just be easier on myself and not be so hard on myself. And, um, and and forgive your mistakes that you made feeling awkward with him. Yeah. Yeah. And going through and that's thank you for that point because that was um I was so hard on myself sure. for a while. Just blaming myself and going through all the things that had been I had been told I did wrong and how horrible I was and yeah. Look at your battle was inside of you. It was oh, so in your head. Like I, w- I would think more like you're mad that you almost ran him. You tried to run him over in the parking lot like that. Oh, OK. Yeah. But you didn't even you. You probably were nice and no go. You probably <laughs> gave him deference. And yet inside you were in turmoil. Yeah. Huge turmoil. And that's that was that was something that I needed to learn as well. Sure. I think God knew I needed that process you too. Bet. was to. um yeah, just because I have, was so hard on myself and, and took on a lot of blame all the time. So I've learned not to do that as good. much and have a better balance in that. That's good. So That's a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. What are some good. more? What are, the, what are some other keys? So um, another one um, is to acknowledge your own weakness, which I had no problem doing you that because I was <laughs> blaming myself. Yeah. But I do think that some people do struggle with that. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to bring that out that I think it's so important that we – um, acknowledge, you know, there's always two sides to every sure. story and there's always, you know, something that you could do better and that you could improve for your next relationship. Because for me, I knew I wanted another relationship. Yeah. I still believed in Absolutely. love and I still knew that. But it's easier you know, to start with there. Like, let's just acknowledge your weakness. Yeah. And we start outside <laughs> yeah. of this. But you need to acknowledge your own weakness. You need to acknowledge what part of the problem you are. Yeah. And so, if you want to heal. By the exactly. way, that's the same because what part of the problem are you in not forgiving? There's part of you that is part of the problem if we mm-hmm. still aren't forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. So just acknowledging that I think is so huge. And and that was one of the things I learned in the Bible because as I studied Christ's teachings that, man, he really knew what he was talking about. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like he, I don't know. He knew, he knew. something. <laughs> he had an inside And track. so the words that he said all of a sudden took on this whole new meaning for me. And one of the ones that jumped out to me was um, talking about the moat in another's eye yeah. and the beam in, uh-huh. my, in your own eye. Yeah. And so um, that took on just such a personal meaning to me that here I am, you know, if I'm looking at yeah. all the things wrong with him, but what's wrong with me that yeah. I need to be working on. You got this big beam on. in your eye. Yeah. And yeah. I can't even see. And not only, you know, that translates to my kids. It mm-hmm. translates to, you know, any relationships that I have. Such my good parents, my siblings, yeah. friends, whatever. So huge lesson to learn. That's that's the point I always make with my my grandma could always talk about how great my dad was. Hmm. Even when my mom couldn't. So my so I would hear a lot of really incredible things about my dad, but I'd hear it from my mom's mom. Interesting. Not necessarily my mom. Because that's the moat beam issue. We've all yeah. kind of got it, especially when we've been offended. Mm-hmm. And then that beam blocks our view. Yeah. But we think the problem is your moat, you know, your yeah. little sliver. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing that I always talk to my kids about and, you know, clients that I work on 
um, their feet is I, there's smoke and there's fire and it's the, the moat and the beam is the same. It's, it's yeah. there's you don't want to always be looking at the smoke or you're never going to get to the fire. Yeah. You don't use fire on their feet, do you? Let's just be clear. <laughs> I don't. Okay, good. I do not. <laughs> I'm still going to come to you then. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Maybe beam. on your feet it would be necessary, but. Oh, boy. We'll see. Sounds kind of nice for a minute. <laughs> what, um, what's another key, another okay. tool? That, so, that's a great biblical one, too, by the way. Yeah. So another one um, you talked about a little bit earlier. So I'm basically just summing up everything that you've already discussed here. Well, you, you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, is that forgiveness. I think one of the things that I didn't realize before that I learned was forgiveness doesn't mean saying that what you did to me was okay. Right. And that you're off the hook yeah. or yeah. free you know, pass, you're yeah. good. And so and and the second part of that for me was I thought forgiveness meant that I had to stay uh-huh. when my soul, my higher self, my God, whatever, was telling me it's best for you to go. And so I was conflicted in that yeah. way because I was feeling to go, but I thought to forgive, I had to stay. There's people that, that don't want to forgive the person that hurt somebody or killed somebody because to forgive them means like they're giving up caring for their partner or their mm-hmm. person that died. Yeah. But that's what's cool about God and paradox, it seems like, is he can actually love you enough to let he want you to forgive him and you don't have to stay with him. Yeah. And he may want you to. Mm-hmm. So, so that it can go any way. But you, I think that's why you have peace is because you did what you were supposed to do yeah. according to your higher power. Right? Yeah. And I think that's so important. I'm glad that you said that because I, I don't tell people – like when I talk to my story about people, I don't say divorce is for everyone and yeah. I don't say to stay. It's for right. everyone. You, What I say is follow what your spirit is telling I love you that. to do. To me, that's – Because for even, everyone, it's different. That's it. And that's also where your peace comes from. Yeah. We've got about 30 seconds. Okay. Give us um, either another point or what you think is the key to this. So, so you were walked through – the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> you were walked through a very dark place of your mm-hmm. life and you came out in peace and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Not perfect and you still probably have to feel it yeah, every day. I still got a long ways to go. So um, I'll just say, I think the last thing I'll just sum up with is, um, and, and it kind of is my last point, is to you can always change your perspective. And I think the big thing to remember is what happens to us we always we don't always have control over, yeah. but what we do have control over is our perspective and how we handle it. And so, if we're you know kind to ourselves and easygoing and trust God, then um, He can take that experience and we can take it and we can turn it so that it's for our our best and highest good. Yeah, and we can grow the most, and it helps us become who we ultimately want to be. Yeah, which so, seems to be. What a gift. Like that's the gift of forgiving and then letting kind of the spirit be the guide is you finally get to be the best you. Yeah. Where if you don't forgive, you're just kind of the worst counterfeit to you. Yeah, you're just and you chasing. miss out on so yeah. many opportunities. There's, I mean, the, the future is so bright. If you take it, learn from it, let it go. Let it go. And <laughs> I had to throw that in there. You Let did. me throw that in there because it. it's awesome. So That's and then good. and then just keep on going. Keep on keeping on. Yep. Sarah, you're the best. That's great. Yeah. Hey, tell Jen. You know, maybe we don't need her. <laughs> you stop. You're going to get you me in so much trouble. You're the one that started this. Okay, you're casting blame. Okay, see. <laughs> I hate people that think faster than me. 
Well done, Sarah. Seriously. We'll have you back. Okay. And uh, you'll have my feet. Oh, all right. I'll bring my essential oils to cover the You know, scent. I don't because smells really bother me. Oh, really? I love the smell of my feet. But smells, I'm very sensitive to smell. Okay. Hmm? We'll dig further into that. I'm sure it's got something to do with my feet. <laughs> um, we're going to take a break, come back, wrap up the show. We're going to talk, continue the discussion of forgiving in marriage or divorce, but more marriage. Well done. And good to meet your husband. What a great guy. He scored. Man! Good stuff. Sarah Gowans is her name. Go to the Happy Gal blog. You'll get to see a lot of her writing and her work as the blog manager. And uh, we're grateful to have her. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back, right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. There's the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show. Who better to wrap up the show than our executive producer, Sean O'Neill, the king of the hoedown. Really? (laughs) That's the intro? That's the intro. Okay. I like to make up really great titles like that. The king of the hoedown. Because you do realize my wife is listening. Well, by the way, she's the one that called me and said he loves to be called king of the hoedown. Yeah, I'm sure she did. And we even timed it just right on when mm-hmm. they're like, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. I, we got to figure out what instrument that was. But yeah. Sean, um, your wife is listening. <laughs> Probably. Uh, she called earlier and she said, will you do what you can to teach Sean forgiveness? Okay, teach. And so the entire show is dedicated to you. Oh, thanks. And your wife who wanted you to learn it. Um, what are you going to teach us about marriage and forgiveness? Well, I think... Marriage and forgiveness, this is a, it's a process. They go together, by the way. They do. Like a horse yeah, and carriage. Pretty much. Yeah. But just don't put the horse before the carriage right. or the carriage before the horse. And then someone's got to clean up after that horse. That's true, too. Yeah. But it's, it's a process. It's not something that you can just let sit. Uh, you, you've got to practice forgiveness all the time. And it, it's needed probably every day. Yeah. By the way, I forgot to just advise – that uh, Sarah Gowans from our last segment, she's still here, right here in the house. Mm-hmm, she is. So feel free to talk, Sarah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I thought you turned oh, no. my mic off. Uh, oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> no. Sarah. Now, Sarah, no. I don't, I don't know if Matt will be offended by this or not, but I did find Probably. Uh, an author who had some very good points about um, who? Uh, release, releasing resentments, actually. Yes. Who? Who? Her name is Karen Salmonson. Okay. Yeah. But I got this off of the Oprah.com website. <gasps> who? <laughs> yeah. Oprah? Yeah, she wrote uh, – Karen wrote, has written many books. Is actually. Oprah still around? Yeah, she is. Okay. But I, I, this story at the very beginning of her article is very uh, very interesting. It says, a wise woman and her young disciple were walking down the street. Suddenly, out of nowhere, an angry man in a carriage drove haphazardly by the two, insensitively pushing the woman out of his way. She landed in a ditch filled with muddy water. Ooh. The woman yelled after the man in the carriage, may you have everything you want. Wow. The disciple, surprised by the woman's response, said, I'm confused. Why did you say that to a man with such horrible behavior? And the woman responded, because a happy man wouldn't have thoughtlessly pushed a woman into a ditch. Ooh, see, there you go. 
Mm-hmm. Never attribute to malice that which could adequately be explained by somebody that's hurting. Exactly. Mm. But this is a great article from uh, Karen Salmonson, and I'm going to have to look into her book as well. It's a, it's yeah. a pretty nice, pretty nice book. It's called The Prince Harming Syndrome. Prince Harming versus <laughs> Prince Charming. <laughs> exactly. But isn't that interesting? We do harm each other. Yeah. In our, I guess, attempt to be to try to make it through this journey together. But she has eight strategies so so we can kind of throw our resentments away. So these, by the way, for you, Sarah, uh, could be used in your new marriage. Okay. What's your husband's name? His name is Joe. Joe. Good job, Joe. <laughs> Joe's like, keep me out of this. Well, the very first one, I think you might you might actually... Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't think of the word I wanted to say there. But you'll... Vanilla. you'll You'll recognize this one, uh, Sarah. Say a prayer is the very first one. There you go. Oh, boy. Yeah. We are all good, loving souls who occasionally get lost Mm -hmm. is something you should say to yourself when somebody harms you. I love that mantra. That's great. That's a good one. Number two is focus on gratitude. Focus on what you're grateful for. Exactly. Resist seeking happiness from the outside in. Instead, focus on gratitude exercise to bring happiness from the inside Mm -hmm. out. I'm still stuck on the prayer thing. Okay. Because what if the prayer is like, Father, take him <laughs> from me. That well, yeah. I but... won't say those thoughts didn't cross my mind. No. <laughs> take him quickly. I don't want him to suffer. Quickly, take him. <laughs> but that. But you heard the example that Karen gave in here. Her prayer was something you should tell yourself. We are all good, loving souls who occasionally get lost. Mm-hmm. So please bless this person that they'll yes, find themselves. Exactly. And then so then then be grateful for what you are getting. Yeah. That's great. Pray for that person to be a happier person and to get back to. Mm-hmm. That's really that. good. Number three is look for the lesson. There's got to be some learning in here. Exactly. Which is what you kept saying over and over, Sarah, that there's yeah, a lesson. There's always a lesson. Yeah. Everything that comes to us mm-hmm. is a lesson. And if you don't see a lesson, that's the lesson. Yeah. And Dr. You know I mean? Dr. Lickerman said the same thing. Yeah. In fact, uh, um, Karen in here says that many Buddhists consider huge difficulties to be a sign that you're an old soul. Oh, really? The bigger your misfortunes, the closer you are to enlightenment. Oh, boy. Wow. See, so you're near. You you have difficulties all the time, don't you? I really don't. I've got a very easy life, which means I must be really a young, immature soul. (laughs) Because I have a James has got, yeah, he's jacked up. But um, in the most loving way possible of course but really that's interesting so but think of just that perspective of seeing the trial as an opportunity to learn exactly and that it's i mean even the idea that the struggle is that your soul is nearing enlightenment that's powerful too Mm -hmm. Hmm. number four is to maintain perspective if you're going through a challenging time remind yourself that this specific event is merely a part of your life and not your whole life that's really good Perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge. And then number five, okay, number three was look for the lesson. Number five yeah. is learn the lesson. That's a great distinction. Because if you don't, it's going to keep yeah. coming back in another form. Did yes. you learn that in your situation? I sir? hope so. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to learn it again. I learned a lot. Like I keep learning that you can't speed. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. cops don't like that. You'd think I, I mean, I've known that lesson, by the way, my entire life. How many? Well, okay. I was going to say how many tickets have you well, gotten? And I appreciate you holding back. I, I refrained from, <laughs> from finishing. That was very question. adult of you. <laughs> but yeah. So just learn it. So don't just look for the lesson. Learn the lesson. That's yes, great. The, the article says develop a student, not victim mentality. That's See, to me, the victim mentality just permeates our culture. Mm-hmm. 
Everyone's got, by the way, everyone can be a victim. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very much so. And it doesn't get you anywhere. Number six, let go of resentment. That almost, you, did you see yeah, James Yeah, I know. I saw jump? James, his, his hand He jumped moved. for the let yes. it go, but it, we didn't say let it go. We said let go of resentment. But uh, Karen Salmonson included a wonderful quote from Carrie Fisher. Oh, really? I think you, I think you remember Princess, Princess Leia. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Also a great writer. I, Postcards from the Edge. Uh-huh. I thought that was a very yeah. good book. But the quote is, resentment is the poison you swallow hoping the other person will die. Mm-hmm. Wow. You see, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. That is uh, – by the way, did you notice that Sarah didn't have – she got rid of a lot of resentment. Yep. Well, I didn't like how I felt with it inside of me. Mm-hmm. You, you had to get it out of you. Yeah. I wanted to get it out as didn't quickly as just, possible. <laughs> but didn't you want to just use it to like oh, – oh, to man. just keep beating him up with it? But he I wasn't. W- you know what? When I, when I was going through the time, yeah. There was a time, yes. Yeah. But I didn't dwell on it. That's I didn't good. like how it felt. Well, it's not. It didn't serve you. No. Plus, it probably messed up your feet. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to I that. I don't either. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> okay, so let's move on then. Okay. Number seven is to stay centered. Recognize that when you respond with hate to hate, anger to anger, bitterness to bitterness, you are ironically becoming part of the problem. Mm. Like, like attracts like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And Facebook. <laughs> Um, you get one like, you're going to get another like. Yeah. Just saying. Okay, that's <laughs> that great. That funny, Matt. I'm telling you. And the last one is the one that I think is the most interesting. Get revenge positively. Ooh. I love, love that, that one. You become the change. It. Go make a better life. Exactly. I that's like exactly that. what they that what uh, Karen Salmonson says here. The best kind of revenge is living a successful, happy life. Yeah. If you train yourself to consistently be more loving in thoughts and actions, your energy will attract more positive people and positive results. She's good. She has a quote from Albert Einstein in here, too. What? You can't solve a problem problem by staying in the same energy in which it was created. I love that one. That's good. See? It's happening. The change is happening. Here's one more quote if you haven't had enough quotes today. Another quote today by Unknown. Uh, forgive others not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. Let it go. go. We're out of here, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Forgive one another. Love one another. Find the peace in your life. Look to God and live. There's all of the whole summary of the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow we're preempted due to baseball here at BYU. Uh, BYU Sports will be covering that. But check us out Friday as well. And Monday we'll be back. More fun, more tools to help you find the good in life. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.